What is going on, everybody? It's Dave Mormon here, and I've got a very special episode to drop on you guys um, in honor of reaching our 100th podcast episode and two years in the making. Uh, I got my lovely wife, Alexandra, to come on uh, the podcast and also our YouTube channel uh, for an exclusive interview because I haven't shared like a whole lot about this, but kind of pulling back the veil and actually seeing what it's like being married to uh, an entrepreneur. I wanted to put Alex on the hot seat. And so we had Landon come over and interview us uh, for about a 55 minute segment all around marriage and entrepreneurship. Uh, and what's it like in hearing uh, Alex's perspective was quite interesting and refreshing. Um, and I would really encourage you to share this episode with your spouse, with your partner, with someone um, that you love, who you think it can benefit. Um, and also, if you want to catch more of the visual cues, um, you can definitely check out the link below um, as it's also up on YouTube uh, in a nice HD video. So really hope you enjoy it. Uh, if you love it, uh, give a comment. And if you've not yet, uh, feel free to rate the podcast. Uh, super appreciate you guys and hope there's a lot of value here. We'll be chatting soon. Welcome to the Home Service Business Coach Podcast with your host, David Mowerman. You will learn to grow your home service business and transition from being the technician in your business to being the CEO and leading your team to success. Get a front row seat where you will get practical advice from industry experts on how you can level up your home service business. Get ready to take some notes because we're going to jump right into it here. What's going on everybody? Landing here with the Home Service Business Coach podcast and today, as uh, as we've highly requested video and podcast, we got Dave, but more importantly, our most important guest, Alex, uh, with uh, Dave's lovely wife. How's it going every, uh, today, everybody? Excellent. Great. Excited to be here. Absolutely. So, uh, gentlemen, uh, ladies, the few ladies that do listen to the podcast, um, we want to kind of, we've heard Dave talk for... I don't know, too long, I, you know, we kind of assumed that, and it's time to, you know, kind of get inside Alex's brain, you know, we see Dave online as this um, guy who, who knows how to build a business and automate it, right, so we wanted to really see, though, you know, there's this quote um, that, that we love here, and it's behind every strong man's an even stronger woman, and that's why, again, we wanted to get Alex on, pick her brain, uh, and go for it, so, uh, first question here, Alex, and feel free, uh, you know, Dave has given us the rain uh, not to hold back. So, uh, what's it like being married to an entrepreneur? And let's start with the good. What are some of the positive things that you see being married, uh, I guess, to Dave? Yeah, so there's lots of really great things being married to Dave and being married to an entrepreneur. I think to give a little background um, to when we were kind of dating and then now as well. Um, initially, when Dave and I started dating, he was running a painting business and probably a few months into us starting dating, he actually started Revive. So we kind of started our initial dating during the process of running a painting business full time and starting a new washing business, kind of. And then um, recently, while being married in the last couple of years, has started a coaching business. And we've been married about four and a half years now. Um, so what are some of the good things? Um, how was yeah. that time split up? <laughs> like, you know, how did you even see this guy? Honestly, <laughs> To be honest, <laughs> and we'll there honestly were systems in our relationship, and we whether we get into this later or now, but yeah. I think at the time, Dave, and he still does love working, but he was working probably, correct me if I'm wrong, 60 
plus hours a yeah. week, I would say. Um, I was working full-time shift work as a nurse at the time. I just graduated nursing school. So I, we were juggling night shifts, day shifts, 12-hour shifts, um, you know, living 20, 30 minutes apart while these businesses were going on. Um, and I think, honestly, communication, being very clear about what our expectations were in all the stages of dating. Obviously, that was different when we're both newly dating to when we were more seriously dating. Like, how often do we want to see each other? What do we think's, you know, normal? What about those time frames? Like, do we want to come over for a couple hours after work? Are we seeing each other just once a week on date night? I think having those expectations, which probably both were slightly different at different points, but kind of then meeting in the middle somewhere there. And I think, honestly, planning ahead. As lame as it might sound, like, Sure, it wasn't a lot of spontaneous stuff, um, but it was a lot of, hey, here's my shift work schedule. You know, you're working 60 hours a week. Let's plan our date nights for the month and let's plan, you know, those days. So my one day off, you're not already planned with all your guy friends, you know, since I might have less time off as well. I think a lot of it comes down to just like time blocking, honestly. Yeah. I know I teach yeah. a lot, but I also do that. Yeah. I remember too early on in dating, there's one like date we had, Alex came over, we went to save on foods, we bought like a hundred bananas. I was like trying to bulk on some muscle and we just like peeled bananas for like two hours. For yeah, for like yeah. to make my like fruit smoothies. So it's just like, they can be like the weirdest, lamest like dates. They don't yeah. always need to be grandiose, but I yeah. think we wanted to carve out the time. And I also think as an entrepreneur, there is a law of diminishing returns where you just keep doing more hours, more hours. Like I, I'm totally of the mind you can grow a business and also have um, a great personal life as well. Mm -hmm. um, the other things we do is we'd look at the month and I would just take off like a random Wednesday or a Friday and we would go like, go hike. We're in outside Vancouver, a lot of great places to hike. Um, we would do a day trip down to Seattle. That was one of our first dates, like go watch the Mariners. We don't have a baseball team, unfortunately, yeah. uh, here in Canada, or at least here in Vancouver. Um, so yeah, just kind of some of those small things, I think, because um, Alex's schedule was arguably as crazy as mine. She would work night shifts. I'm working day shift and <laughs> night shift as entrepreneurs. So I think if you want to make it work, you'll figure out how to do it. And I think it comes down to communication and also just blocking the calendar. Yeah, very and, cool. And I think one last addition on that, I, I do think, and not to say we did things perfectly, obviously everyone's going to have their challenges. I think um, there also is an element of sacrifice on both sides. I think one example for myself, which is hilarious because I don't work shift work anymore. I work in a different role now. Um, but I remember we hadn't seen each other for maybe a week and a half, which felt like a long time at the time when you're newly dating, you're excited. And the only time that happened to work was between night shifts. So I remember sleeping three hours. Dave picked me up. We went golf or we went to a driving range on maybe your third date or something. Um, and then I went to work that night. And, you know, it's like that probably wasn't the safest thing. And I would, I love Dave a lot more now. And I would not do that now, even if I was working night shifts. So it's just funny that I think in that stage, you kind of do what you feel like you need to do to also learn about the other person, sacrifice, as long as it's a two-way street. And I know Dave was doing that as well by taking off those weekdays. And I think making sure both are... Yeah, sacrificing and trying to serve each other as well, um, but really just communicating expectations and plans. Yeah. I think that's a great point too that you mentioned, Alex, about like the, the sacrificing piece, because, you know, correct, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, people uh, listening, is that, oh, we hear the word entrepreneur, oh, okay, we're here 60 plus hours a week, and then it's only that, like Dave said, like, yeah. oh, I have to, you know, I, I, instead of I get to, I have to see yeah. this person. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that must suck as an entrepreneur, but, Seldom do we hear about like the other side of the foot coin where it's like, 
hold on a second. I have a, I have an entire personal life. It's not like I'm, I'm just willy nilly and free all the time too. So yeah. Yeah. that two way street is, is so, so and important. I think a lot of time too, the entrepreneur can not always, but can be male and can be a little more alpha male, my way or the highway. And I think sometimes the business steamrolls the rest of the personal life and leaves the spouse like waving a white flag, like, <laughs> don't forget about me. So I really think it comes down to, yes, you can build your business in X amount of hours, but I think you, you cannot lose on the personal life. Cause I'll tell you, I think it's super easy to scale up a business and literally erode your personal life, your health, your relationships. Why do entrepreneurs have higher suicide rates and in divorces? Like, I'm not saying we figured it out, but I'm saying this is literally a, a talk of what works for us. Yeah. So I think you have to be so intentional just to scale the business, but also spend the time with your loved ones because yeah. yeah. all that can go out the window and you have a bigger bank account. So what? Like money is not going to make you happy. So yeah. um, that, that'd be one piece as well. And it's that piece of defining what success is for you. Like I'm, uh, yeah. Dave recommended me this book. Um, it's wooden on leadership and his definition of success is pretty much, uh, and it speaks about balance, which we're going to touch on here in a second. <laughs> Uh, but he speaks about that piece of, of never letting one side get out of balance or the other, right? And it's not about how much money you have or how shredded you are. It's like, overall, are you putting your best foot forward in whatever endeavor that is relationally, uh, yeah. you know, financially and so on yeah. and so forth. So, um, should I talk about my favorite, go back to my favorite things about being married to an yeah, entrepreneur? Yeah. Want me to do that? Yeah, okay. Dave, those of you who know Dave know he loves his pump ups. So I don't think he'd be happy if I missed this part. Um, there's lots of things Make sure you get this. <laughs> <laughs> that I love about being married to an entrepreneur. I think I'll limit it to kind of three for today. I think the first one being is the flexibility. I think, uh, to give a little background on myself as well, I grew up where my dad was an entrepreneur, my brother's an entrepreneur, and now it's only fitting that my husband's an entrepreneur. And I think a lot of things growing up that I had with my dad and now my husband, I assumed were normal. And I think I'm realizing now they're not, which is kind of funny. And obviously the good and the bad, and we can talk about obviously some of the bad later. But, you know, growing up, my dad never missed a basketball game, a ski race. And even if they were at 2.30 or 3 in the afternoon, and I thought, why aren't my friend's parents here? Like, this is, you know, this is strange. And I think now, you know, I'm pregnant. And when I have an ultrasound or I have any appointment, Dave's like, great, I'll drive you. When is it? It's not a question of he has to get time approved off. And, you know, these pieces that I think the flexibility and as we enter our next stage of having our own kids, I'm so excited that, you know, he'll be able to be at their sporting games or, you know, drama or arts classes, whatever those are. And if he wants to continue coaching soccer like he used to do, he can do those things. And I think the flexibility, I'm not saying that flexibility doesn't come with a lot of other work and sacrifice, but I think that's probably one of my absolute favorite things about being married to an entrepreneur is um, the flexibility. I think number two for me is any entrepreneur I've met absolutely loves what they do. And I can't tell you enough how great it is to be married and spending the majority of your week with someone who genuinely wakes up excited to do what they're going to do. When the person you're with is, you know, dreading what they're doing, they're constantly complaining, they're upset, and I'm not saying I'm not targeting anyone in that, but anyone in that should start to maybe think about what they should be doing because work does consume a lot of your life. So when Dave says things like, you know, I love what I do so much, 
that it feels like every night is Christmas Eve, it's pretty special to be in a household where there's so much more like joy and excitement and positivity strictly because he loves what he's doing. And I, and I honestly think that's really unique to have. I really enjoy my job, I do. Do I wake up so excited to do it seven days a week? No, on my work days I, I do enjoy it, yes, but I wouldn't work 365 days of the year by choice. So I think those are kind of my first two. And then last one, and Dave can touch more on this probably too, is I think really like with um, being an entrepreneur, once again, not saying it's easy, but I think there is really this unlimited income potential. And I think what's really cool about that, I come from a career where my salary is, you know, set out by us by a union or a governing body. No matter how good I am at my certain job compared to someone else, we are paid the same. And I think as an entrepreneur, yeah, there's going to be a roller coaster of some years that are really tough, sometimes that are really good. But the fact that we can sit down, look at our life and say, hey, here's what our goals are with our family. We'd love to take a family vacation every year. We'd love to take a couple weeks off. Then it's the question of how can we make that happen? How much do we need to afford to do that? And what changes can be made to do that? And I'm not saying it's always going to happen that way, but I think there's not a lot of careers that you can actually control a lot more of your income. I think, and I think as a partner, that's really fun and exciting um, as well, especially as we enter um, having kids and thinking about, you know, putting them in sports and activities and, and, that, and life's expensive. It really is. Come for shopping trips. But, <laughs> but no, I think at the end of the day, like, and I talk about this in a lot of my teaching is um, you get paid for the value that you provide to the world as an entrepreneur. So if you want to figure out how to make an extra 20, 30, 40 grand a year, you're not going into your boss's office with your tail between your legs. You're literally looking at it and reverse engineering. Okay, we want to make that extra amount for whatever reason. Uh, we, how are we going to go about doing that? Well, if I got you know 10 more clients paying X and I brought on this person to free up some of my time, it's so, for me, it's just a huge puzzle. And I tell everybody like entrepreneurship is for freedom, impact, and income. Um, and I really think those are like the big three that you want to work on. Um, and yeah, flexible schedule is amazing. I think too, as entrepreneurs, you need to figure out, are you motivated more by money or more by time? And I'm actually a lot more motivated by time. If I have free time to create, um, I, I'm very happy. I, I'm not the entrepreneur that's going to work 105 hours a week to try and make an extra 200 grand a year. It doesn't, it doesn't motivate me beyond a certain point. So um, yeah, agreed with a lot of what's said and weird that I'm not talking the whole time. It's kind of, yeah. kind of nice landing. It is, it is very much so. And I can even attest to that too. Uh, you know, you were, you coached soccer for how many years? Yeah. Five or six, I think. Right. And obviously yeah. you could have taken that time to work. Right? Yeah. And then that was during, during painting, during revive. Yeah. I yeah. didn't see the transition, which is yeah. really interesting, but I, we got to switch. We got to switch. switch. <laughs> whether it's maybe, um, you know, bad, uh, whatever, whatever term you kind of want to coin around it. Obviously, uh, you, and there's nothing on this world that is all good and has no kind of other side to it. But Alex, what kind of, there's a story you told me and you're standing right <laughs> over there and it's about um, <clears throat> a loony. Uh, at a oh man. <laughs> My Dutch side comes out. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I, I actually have almost forgotten about this story, but. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> but now it's been brought back to my mind. So I think Dave and I have been dating about six months at this point, maybe. And, you know, Dave was running his two businesses. He, as he said, his Dutch side may have come out in this. He was very, very frugal at the time. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. Um, 
Keeping in mind, he's always been really generous with others. I'd say he's been frugal with himself, but really generous with others. So we did a road trip to visit his family in Alberta, and on our way back, the car was quite dirty. So we went to a car wash stop. And it was one of those places where you put your loonies or toonies in, and Dave always has competition and tries to do it for the cheapest Save amount. Save some money. Save some money, that's fine. So I just kind of hung out while he did this. Keeping in mind, I think I was the one who had the coins, and I had them by the machine. Anyways, I think I did leave, I think it was one or two dollars at the machine. I think it was just one. I think it was one dollar at A the machine. in Canada, one dollar. And anyways, I totally forgot about it. I thought we were going to need it. I didn't believe how fast he would do it. And then I think we get to this dinner with our friends, and out of nowhere, Dave goes something along the lines of, did you grab that loony from the machine? And I just remember thinking, I... I don't know, like, I don't remember. And Dave doesn't get upset. Like, Dave's never raised his voice, like, that's not for him. But it was the only, one of the only times I've ever seen him actually almost look with such disbelief at something I've done that I could so have left. Oh, yeah, disappointed was almost the term that leaving this loony there. And we've come a long way since then. I don't even remember, to be honest, if the conversation went much further. I think we did unpack it yeah. at a further date, and I kind of said, you know, something along the lines of, I would never intentionally, you know, throw money away. I think we might be blowing this up a little bit out of proportion. Yeah. And I think a lot of it, you know, some of it to your Dutch heritage, but yeah, I also think sure. some of it, when you're running a business and then growing a second business, you are using every penny you have to, you know, in the yeah. best way you can. It's so. literally just my mindset around <laughs> money. And I think that's like shifted a lot too, um, in, in a good way. But I think you want to obviously be very responsible where your money's going. But I also think to, you know, fault Alex for leaving the loony. But I, yeah, I remember we went to a pub for my buddy's birthday <laughs> and it was just like the whole evening, like it was just on my mind. But uh, I think it, it, it's gotten better for me too. Like literally two days ago, our van got stolen at Revive and I'm just like, I still slept great, but I'm just like, bad things can happen, but you've got to figure out a way to like mentally move on from it and yep. like literally not trip over pennies on your way to dollars. But yep. yeah, I still stay away from automated car washes because if I can put in four bucks and rip it off, I'm going to do it. Yeah, so absolutely. it's just kind of one of my, uh, one of my weird hacks, but yeah, I think Alex said it right. It's, it's communication and it's setting expectations and it's not letting the small stuff get in the way of like the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, we still don't have that loony. <laughs> One lady down. Yeah. I've, I've never forgotten another dollar at the car wash. Yeah, but. so funny. Absolutely. So we've heard some of, I guess, like kind of Dave's Dutch heritage, which he's mentioned, yes. and it's like, again, a direct methodology on how he builds a business debt-free, right? What's like one or two other things, like kind of the downsides of, of, of being married, of even dating mm. during that period of, uh, of an entrepreneur? Yeah. I think, I think kind of the biggest one I can think of that could still happen, I think, at any stage of an entrepreneur, whether you're at a successful stage of your business or you're even just starting out, I think is honestly boundaries, setting boundaries in the business. And I, I can't say I know because I'm not an entrepreneur, but I think seeing how excited Dave gets when he has a new idea, when he's starting a new business, it's like his brain, it's just there's gerbils and everything's running and he can't stop thinking about it. So I think, you know, as much as there's that flexibility with being an entrepreneur, your mind also never shuts off. So I think the amount of times, you know, in the evenings or weekends that you can just tell they will be sitting there and I know he's thinking about that next thing, which doesn't really bother me 80 to 90% of the time. But I think that's because we've come a long way in the years of making sure we have 
as we said earlier, clear boundaries of like, what's our time? You know, what days of the week is more not actually physically doing the work? Sure, there's gonna be thoughts going through your mind. I also think about things that probably don't, Dave doesn't care about, whether it's shopping or my friends or, you know, whatever else. I care about your friends. Yeah. <laughs> I know what you mean. Um, yeah, go ahead. I, I'd probably, honestly, for those of you listening, watching, whatever, if you are like the spouse of the entrepreneur and maybe not as entrepreneurial geared, the best analogy I could say is like, you've flown across the world to an all-inclusive resort and the van took you and drove you all the way to like literally the front lobby, but like it's saying you're not allowed to get out and go enjoy like the all-inclusive. That is literally like sometimes what I call an entrepreneurial flare up where you're just like, I want to do this so bad. So it's this, this like pursuit where you want to go out and get it so bad, but also you need to tether back to your responsibilities. And I do think if you build the business properly, again, system structure framework, there should be an element of freedom that you then want to go and enjoy it with your family, with your friends, with your loved ones. So um, the last thing I'll say too is like, to give the entrepreneurs listening here a bit of hope, I would say your first 36 months in business are like an all out sprint, 2018, running painting, revives going, we're planning a wedding, we moved as well, we plan, like literally the day after our wedding, like I showed up to my wedding with a backpack on, I remember my dad giving it to me and saying have a good trip, we went on a backpacking honeymoon right like the day after the wedding, so it's like planning all of that out took, uh, took some time, but I think there should be some good things afforded to you as well, but those first three years are like a, just an all out grind, yeah. I would say. If that's going on in year seven, eight, nine, ten. Uh, you should probably join our program and get some systems. <laughs> and I think giving your partner grace during that time as well. And I think like Dave said, like setting boundaries, setting limits on it. You can't expect when your partner's starting a brand new business that they're going to be done every day at four, no weekends, not talking about business. That's unrealistic. And quite honestly, if that is your expectation, it's going to be hard being married to someone who is an entrepreneur. Um, at the end of the day, I'm not saying it should be 24-7, but I think, yes, things have changed a lot as Dave's business has evolved. But during those stages, he communicated how important his business was to me. Not saying more than me, but this is really exciting. And by bringing me in, and I think we'll talk about this later, but I think he really got me bought in to what he was trying to do. And I think that really helped yeah, too by saying like, Obviously, he doesn't have a crystal ball, but hey, right now I know I'm working 60 hours a week, but my goal is in you know, a year's time, when we can get to this revenue, I'm gonna have you know, a manager helping me. That's gonna give me my time back in the business, which for us, what does that look like? That means more date nights, more of this, you know, and kind of trying to show your partner, you know, give them a bit of a, not a concrete time frame, but give them buy-in. Why are you doing this? You know, you're so excited about it, but also like, what is that gonna give the two of you or your family in the future? And you know, even time to reevaluate. Okay, I'm gonna give you grace in this. I'm gonna let you, you know, do kind of this craziness. Sure, how can I support you during this? But also, if we're in the same position in a year from now, can we talk about reevaluating or at that yeah. point, you know, kind of set those boundaries and that's gonna be different for every business and different for every partner. But I think you two need to give and pull. A relationship's not always 50-50 and there's always gonna be different times where it does that. So I think during a new stage of a business, the partner is gonna to have to give more and that's okay, but hoping that with the goal of things eventually spinning around and always kind of keeping that in mind too. Yeah. And just, it sounds repetitive, but communication. Like without communication, you have no idea what your partner's thinking or what 
what their what my expectations are. You don't know if I don't say them. Yeah. And that used to be something when we were early dating too. I might get disappointed if, you know, I can't even think of a time, but oh, we didn't do X, or I hoped maybe we'd go out on a certain day. And Dave would have loved to, but he might have thought, oh, I don't want to, you know, seem too interested and hang out too many times when we're newly dating. And eventually just learn, just say what you want and or what you're hoping for, what your expectations yeah, are. Not mind no. Especially like, we should it's, give this one to Landon. Like, <laughs> even Christmas gifts, I now just tell Dave exactly what I want because yeah. he doesn't love finding things. And when he does, they're rarely things I actually like. So I'm okay with that. I don't get a surprise anymore, but I've accepted it's not because he doesn't care. That's just not his strong suit. And you have to learn those things. I mean, I own 18 of the same shirt. So how, <laughs> how good are my gifts going to be? Exactly. Yeah. So, so Alex, you mentioned something that was really important there. And that's, we need to touch on that more. And that's like, how important is a shared vision? Mm -hmm. And I will back this up. I remember Alex Ramosi and whoever doesn't know, do yourself a favor, look the man's up, okay? Um, he's, he's great. And he talked about when he was in uh, meeting uh, Layla, his wife, um, they matched on Bumble and it was, they, they uh, had a phone call or they met and it was their core values lined up. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't more about the attraction, it was like, oh, core values line up. And yeah. I see that this is, not only do we preach this in the program about hiring vision and core values, but also in your relationship and it's something that as, as more couples I meet and, and talk to, like it's just something that isn't lining up. So why don't you talk about like how important that is uh, in your relationship? How do you even look for that? Uh, how do you screen for that in your interviewing yeah. process? Yeah, it's good. <laughs> well, and, and, and so on and so forth. Yeah, that's really good. I'll jump in. Um, I think obviously shared values are huge, hugely important. Shared vision as well, like tethering it back to what Alex said, right? Why? why is this business getting built in the first place? I think a lot of times for entrepreneurs, we say, oh, we want to grind hard for our family, but sometimes it's just our own selfish pursuits, right? I want to have my name up in lights and be Instagram famous. Well, that's not really for your family, right? Tethering it back to, is it actually for the income? Is it actually for the time? You know, do you want to have impact? Like there's a plethora of charities and things that businesses can can bless as well so kind of our mindset and really is that entrepreneurs i think really move the world forward i think to recognize though too landon most entrepreneurs fail um and so i think that's an important thing too like you do need to have a bit of audacity to sign up and say hey it's me against the world and i think that i can create something out of nothing and i think that's very countercultural to what we see on TikTok and IG on YouTube that we've all made a bajillion dollars in 90 days doing these two things. Yeah. So yeah. I, I don't want this talk to go by like entrepreneurship is crazy hard. I've been doing it for 14 years. The average bear works 2000 hours a year for the last 14 years. Probably 10 of those I work closer to 3000 I would say. So there's a lot of time and energy invested, but shared vision is massive. Um, one of the core values I'd say we share is, is that of excellence. I mean, Alex hasn't touched on it a lot, but she's incredibly smart. She's got her nursing degree. She's got a great career going on. She's got her master's degree. Like that's another thing too. You know, we're hustling up these businesses. Alex is on the side doing like a master's degree too. So I think yeah. really we don't like to like half-ass anything in our life. If we're like, if we're in, we're, it's a yes. If it's a no, it's a no. We're not really, ooh, let's try dabble with electric guitar. Like, no, if I, for me, like if I'm in, I'm like all in, and that's something like we kind of both share as yes. well. I think something to touch on as well is, I think for 
you know, the partners or the spouses of an entrepreneur, believing in a shared vision or of, let's say, the business, it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to be so passionate about, let's say, house washing. It doesn't mean that I wake up every day saying, I am so passionate about, you know, my neighbor's house getting cleaned and those gutters getting emptied. You know, I know it's an important thing and it's a necessity for a lot of homes, but I think there's more to it than, you know, what the actual work is. And Dave kind of spoke on that as well. So ask your partner. It might sound funny, even if you've been together for five years, 10 years, why are you an entrepreneur? Or why did you start this business? And I think everyone's answer is going to be really different. And there's not really, I mean, I shouldn't say there's not a wrong answer. I don't think there's really a wrong answer. But for me, something that you talked about a little bit as well, I might have been a little bit more like red flag if you know it's like, because I want to be everyone's boss and I want to, you know, just make all the money and decide what everyone else makes. And, you know, some, a response like that would not have buy into me regardless what the business was. But if it's like, hey, you know, I, you know, love leading people. I love coaching people. I love, um, I actually have a passion for clean water and I found a business that connects to that. Um, you know, I love training and interviewing and there's so many different parts and I, I'm just get excited about it. Yeah. And I love the, you know, potential it gives myself and us and our family and those kind of things. Like I think just hearing what your partner's personal vision is, but hopefully how that also includes you. It may not if you're recently dating, but how it looks to the future as well. I think too, Landon, a lot of entrepreneurs, they're terrible communicators with their, with their team for their vision. I think they're also tend to be terrible with their spouse too as well. So I think there's a lot of spouses listening that you're left in the dark. You don't know what the revenue target is. You don't know when we're hiring people, how many trucks we're going to need to do it. Um, what that looks like like you don't need to deep dive with it with your spouse but I think they should generally know the moving parts of the company and what the value add is going to be for the family um, and I think if you're an entrepreneur you need to be like worthy of respect too and I think like if you've bumbling been bumbling around in this business for five years at a very similar revenue level and it's just chaos every year yep. I wouldn't want to be signing up for that vision so I think like your track record is going to kind of speak for itself. And I think that gave Alex some security too. getting married. I had a successful painting business, but I said, man, I think we can do it again with a different brand. And then with coaching, when COVID started, um, jumped in online, I think what we're doing, there's enough people hitting me up that we can actually start teaching this stuff. Um, so I think having a proven track record will help get some buy-in as well. Um, from your spouse but I think very important to have that aligned vision and that might even look like every two year, two times a year maybe you're just revisiting how's the business going checking in the last thing I'll say too there's a counseling component too I would say to marriage in that I call Alex my counselor because there's probably two days per month I would say that I just want to quit all the businesses because they're just like terrible so it's like yeah. having that sounding board um, for Alex too and that helps having someone smart who knows business and knows you and can just give that other perspective is great too. And trust me, there's times where it's like, let's just have a dinner and like cool it on the business front. Um, I call them entrepreneurial flare ups where I'll be like, oh, there's this new business to buy and this new thing. And so I think having that sounding board of counseling is like been hugely valuable to me too. And I think too, um, 
you spoke on this a couple of minutes ago, but it's so important that you're including your spouse in those things that are happening in your business. Because if you don't, let's say you have a really bad day, someone quits, someone falls off a roof. Like there's just crazy things that happen in the business. You come home, you're distraught, you're upset, but then you've never really told your partner about other things and they're trying to figure out what's going on and you similarly just aren't going to open up to them or tell them what's happening. I think that's just going to make your relationship come from being here to way out here as well. Whereas if you can tell them about the mundane things that are going on, the day to days, then when Dave does bring up, hey, here's a problem that's going on in the business right now. Here's a struggle. I'm not a magician either, but sometimes because I have a lot of different perspectives hearing, you know, about the different businesses, sometimes being a total outsider in it too, um, sometimes I can give insight that Dave will choose whether or not to use or take into consideration, but I think that can be really valuable, but that's also because he's always been open with things that I'm able to give insight. Yeah. Whereas if I was only given snippets every three to four months, I don't think... I, I wouldn't have an understanding of the whole picture. Yeah, no, there's no one perfect way to do it. And like you and your spouse are wired differently. It is, it is not wrong. You're just different. And that's like a great thing. Cause yeah. I think we have complementary skill sets. Like I'm the visionary. I can see this thing going to the moon. Alex is like, okay, pump the brakes. Let's, how's that actually like talk me through your plan? Yeah. Cause that sounds a little bit pie in the sky. So just yeah. kind of having that tethering has been nice. Totally. I mean, you guys touched on something like so important uh, previously, and that was again knowing these boundaries, actually having the communication to figure these things out and talk through these things. Yeah. What are, What are some other guardrails here? Because, like Alex has has brought ideas to you before, and Dave's not his ego's never bigger than himself uh, to mention those things. Like, oh yeah, this was Alex's idea too, right? So yeah. Again, having that communication piece is going to be so vital for. Yeah again, the benefits it could add to the business, but then also some of those prevention things. So do you guys have any ideas or, or stories from the past about you know some of the things you might have struggled with and then set some guardrails around in the future through that open line of communication? Yeah, want me to go? Yeah, I think, go, go ahead, yeah. I'll add it uh, after. Uh oh, uh oh. Oh boy, <laughs> I think guardrails are huge. Like this thing right here, this thing can make you a lot of money and give you a lot of time freedom, but it can also be, I think, quite detrimental. And so for me, like I've got a drawer right there on Sundays, by about midday, I'm putting this, like I go on a flight every Friday, but I'm, or every Sunday, I'm not in an airplane. I go airplane mode and I throw it in the drawer and then I'll fire it up maybe an hour or two before bed. Um, so I'll get like a six to 10 hour chunk there on a Sunday where I'm just like digital detox fully present. So that's helped a lot. Uh, we tend to go out on a date night around Wednesdays or so, Wednesday, Thursday, usually midweek. Um, you know, I'll eat all my meals with that phone upside down, just not we were actually on it a little bit last night. It was weird kind of going through some of these questions a little bit, but generally that that's upside down and that's off. Um, that, that's been huge as well. I mean, for me, just literally taking Sundays off as a day of rest has been huge. Um, 14 years, I can count on one hand how many Sundays I've worked um, just because that is a non-negotiable for me. Uh, I'm going to grow this business and I'm not going to work on Sundays. Um, th those have been some big ones with when it comes to just business can steamroll your whole life and and you you want to be effective when you're doing it but also putting it in its rightful box and freeing time up for the rest of life's been huge 
I think another big one that um, you really, we eventually came around and you're really good at now, is I think um, back when you were running your painting business and in the early days of Revived and you were a lot more hands-on in the business, I remember you would, you were kind of more of a one or two man show, so you were checking your emails kind of into the evenings as well. And the amount of times that I think 8 p.m., you just think, oh, let's see if we have some new jobs or requests. But instead, you have, you know, an upset client or someone that's asking these questions. And I would just see his body language yeah. totally switch and he wouldn't sleep properly. He wasn't actually going to fix the problem that night because you're not going to call a client at 9 p.m. or an employee who called in sick or, you know, X, Y, and Z. Yeah. So I think that took a bit of time and it wasn't. I don't remember exactly how we came about, and it wasn't me for necessarily just saying that or you saying that. We kind of came to it together. Yeah. You know, I think you might have even said, I'm not sleeping, you know, as well, which is making things tougher. And I think, you know, now, post-dinner time, you don't check your emails. No. Like, and I know you're more removed from at least the revive standpoint, but from doing that, you sleep a lot better. Any problem that's there is still going to be there at six, seven, eight in the morning when you get to that email and you're going to have a fresh brain and be able to check it. So I think that takes a lot of um, discipline and restraint, but I think any of you guys or women, even in the early days of your business, like maybe it's not five o'clock at dinner, but maybe it's 6.30 or seven, but give a few hours before bed where you can give your full attention to your kids, your partner. It's going to help your own sleep and, you know, you're not going to change or save the world at night in, yeah. in these in most businesses, they're not 24-7, you know, it can wait till the next day. Yeah. yeah, so like we're painting, we're washing homes. This isn't generally super time sensitive. Even yeah. we've had times we paint a whole house and the client emails, they, they came home, they didn't like the color. So if you're getting that at 8.03 p.m. and you're trying to go to bed in a couple hours, like that couldn't wait until the morning. So I think for a guardrail, what worked well for me is transitioning myself to a morning person. Yep. Uh, and I would solve a lot of problems around five, six, seven in the morning um, because that's when you're going to actually make it happen. So and you have a fresh brain too. Exactly. Yeah. Like no good decisions really happen when you're super tired. So I think we want that dopamine boost. We want to jump on our job or and check we got approved a job, but like it doesn't do really any good in the evening. So I think just, yeah, dinner, maybe do a quick spin and then just fire that thing into airplane mode. Um, I literally think that's a great guardrail because um, we want that like dopamine boost, but I think it doesn't really serve you and you can't do a whole lot about it and you're sacrificing your sleep. And here's a thought too, everybody. You're, you're 90, you're dead, you're in the ground. You're in a casket, they're putting your body into the ground. Uh, how many customers are gonna be at your funeral versus the, the significant others in your life? Yeah. So again, it's just like, again, checking that, that um, perspective that you have with what's more important, this hour with the spouse or uh, the two hours that it's gonna be emailing back and yeah. forth with an angry client. Like in the big scheme, it doesn't matter. Yeah. This is kind of what matters too, yeah. which, which touches on something. Uh, it's debatable. Some people believe it, some people don't, right? But, but uh, men and women, this is undisputable. Uh, there's a reason why we were created so differently, and that's to, again, uh, kind of have a beneficial relationship. You know, it's strengths and weaknesses coming together. But one thing I learned uh, about Dave recently was, I guess, one of the things, uh, words of affirmation is huge for him yeah. to lift him up, which I honestly, I had no idea about. I was yeah. like, really? Okay, I could see that. So how important is like these, these um, I guess, quote unquote, five love languages? Yeah. Yeah. You know, have they changed over time with, you know, this, this different strains of the relationship and the business and family and health? You know, have they kind of morphed into different things over time? And, 
And uh, how important has that been in your relationship to kind of come together and sort of pull apart? Yeah, super good. A couple good resources, guys, for all you learning junkies here, like Read the Male Brain, Luan Brizendine, also wrote the Female Brain, same. I read those actually while we were dating because I'm like, if I'm dating Alex, I want to actually see how she thinks. And then you got Gary Chapman's Five Love Languages. So you got words of affirmation. We joke it's called pump ups, which is just like literally if Alex just like, I'm like, don't text me you love me, text me you're proud of me because that means a hundred times more. So yeah. you got words of affirmation, you got physical touch, uh, you've got quality time, you've got acts of service, and you got gifts. So as I mentioned, I wear the same shirt. If Alex came home with a nice shirt, <laughs> Yeah. I'm not going to feel that that love like I'm like, oh, okay, it's a shirt, but I'm not going to wear it. So um, for me, it's affirmation and physical touch for Alex is actually my lowest one, which is quality time. Yeah. So, you know, if I'm waking up and Alex is still beside me, we're we're good to go. Right. For her spending quality time, like when we're done, this we will probably go out for brunch or something. Right. It's that that quality time, that investing. And here's the kicker with the five love languages you tend to project what fills you up on your partner and so i'll go to alex i'm so proud of you and it's like doesn't doesn't really mean anything how about we just spend two hours and hang out and maybe watch netflix or go for walk charlie or whatever right so i think knowing what's going to fill you up and then what's going to fill your partner up and and i have yet to see them be like the same and i'd say they've stayed very consistent interestingly yeah. enough from when we were early dating to now those didn't waver and i'm not saying they can't change for people but mine's biggest one has always been quality time and, and your biggest are... yeah they might be on their eyes <laughs> um whereas yeah and, and you know i think um it it sounds corny but it's not too late to have this conversation with your partner i think even if you've been married 10 years and it's just something you've never really talked about that's okay you might think you're doing the best things for your partner but have those conversations and we talked about that even when we yeah. were early dating and i remember thinking at the time it was kind of corny in some ways but actually like the other person knowing how you best receive love yeah. and even your friends and your family it doesn't have to always be a romantic partner um but i think knowing that is so helpful and using that when you guys are planning out your weeks or your months or your year together thinking yeah how can i and love I, my other my partner better totally and i've got friends a lot more fashionable than i am and their their love language would be gifts if you yeah. got them a nice fancy watch that wow you love me so much and so like everybody's just so different so i would just say read the book uh you can do like a test online yeah. and like literally just find out and you're probably going to be off the charts for one of them and one will be super low and they're probably going to be like reversed with your partner which is funny yeah yeah totally I love that. I love that. Um, on the, I got a couple rapid fires. Yes. That I've been wanting to get into, and, and I've been as we've been listening um, to you both share uh, kind of what marriage is about, um, and, and how that works in life and business. I've had a couple thoughts come to mind. So when when we were at the summit, this is just I don't know, I kind of a side note before we get into it. We're at the summit this past weekend. And I didn't realize this until like very recently. Number one, that's a good question. Yeah. Okay. It's my line. That's that's Dave's line. But number two, I didn't realize this. Dave's listening. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Alex, do you want to expand on kind of what I mean from that? Uh, Repeat yeah. the question. Yeah. I think when we were at um, Dave's kind of coaching summit a couple weeks ago here, which was great, by the way, a number of the guys that were there, I think, had kind of asked, 
you know, honestly, no filter, what's kind of maybe one of Dave's weaknesses, whether that's business, personal, like what is that? And I don't want to say it was a quick answer for me, but I think among us and his family, there's no denial that I think listening is probably on at times can be lower down on the scale. And I don't mean that Dave doesn't care or Dave can't listen, but I think it comes down to, once again, his mind is always going. So I think there's been a lot of times that you'll say something and then he'll respond back and you'll think, there's no way he heard what I just said. And it goes the same with text messages sometimes that we text a decent amount when, you know, we're not, if I'm away on work or something like that. And, you know, 60% 60% of the time, 70%, I can tell he's read the message, but there's times where... They don't get read. Yeah. It could literally be a text message that Alex is like, I have some really sad news. I just won a million dollars. And I'll say, I'm so sorry to hear it. Because yeah. I will literally read, I have the bad news, but I'm like, my brain, it just doesn't register that we won a million dollars and that should actually be good news. So it's like yeah. when you're like the entrepreneur's brain, it's like in overdrive at certain hours of the day more than others. And like when I'm working and you might identify with this, if you are the business owner, like an hour to me can feel like three minutes. And like my phone's usually upside down. And when I'm checking it, like I'm, I'm rarely like fully present. Like, let me just deep dive into these words. Cause I'm, my brain's so scattered. So I think knowing our highest quality conversation i'd say is that bookends of the day yeah. when i'm not in work mode but yeah face face, like. but yeah so it's like it's nice staying in touch you know okay dave's still alive alex is still alive but like yeah, yeah. the quality of the communication i think kind of grinds to a it's, halt it's the reverse yeah. bell curve <laughs> yeah, exactly. but i think by knowing your partners everyone's gonna have weaknesses and everyone's gonna have strengths and i think by us knowing and kind of being able to laugh and joke about this i know that if i have something really important to talk about i'm not texting it to him or really even bringing it up in the middle of a work day you know at the end of the day i'm saving that for dinner time when i know i have dave's full attention first thing in the morning of course if things come up midday i will call him if it's like a really important you know news or something like that but it's i don't take it as dave doesn't care dave doesn't you know um like what i have to say i just recognize during certain hours the quality is probably down and i might have taken that more personally back when we were dating but now i've realized that's not me and he does that to everyone and it's awesome yeah okay what do you think about this yeah. i'm like all right yeah yeah no it, and, I, and it's out of like you i get it because i'm i'm the same way i just you know ask the family yeah. and friends you can't shut it off uh, no. to an extent and i'm on the opposite end too uh, i can tell you everything what not to do in a business right which is almost more dividends than what to do <laughs> i always like to joke about that um but yeah so i totally get you like you do the skim reads yeah on the phone usually if, if i'm on a phone call with somebody during the work day yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah you know and, yeah. and you're and you're sitting here on the laptop not you know yeah. <laughs> not nothing's really registered too yeah. right yeah so i totally get that yeah. so Awesome. Okay, I got a question for you both. Let's do it. This is interesting. Uh, I guess we can go to this one's directed at either one. It's going to be a little rapid fire. Would you rather be loved or respected by your spouse? Me respected. And me loved. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Love and respect, baby. That's what it is. And that might not be for every couple, but yeah. again, yeah. touching on back to those words of affirmation, I think mm-hmm. as a man, you want to be respected first and, of course, loved. But I think yeah. like, 
you know, that, that'd be really important for me. Yeah. And I think I remember you even saying that when we were early dating too, like you did a good job of vocalizing that. And I think you even said like, you know, for me, before we had done much family stuff or anything like that, he kind of said, hey, for me, being respected, especially in like a public place, yeah. like is really important to me. And you know, I'm not someone who, if we have a problem or a discussion or we're going to have a debate over something, which every married couple is going to have, we don't do that, you know, at a family dinner or, at, you know, with everyone else there. It's like, hey, let's take this respectfully elsewhere too. Whereas I think we've been places where someone might talk the other spouse down or do those things. And I think that's not something either of us normally would do anyways, but I think by me knowing that very early on, that's something he's really, I don't want to say sensitive about, but it's really important to him. Great. If something ever comes up in public or a family, friends, we can put that in the pocket for later and we can chat about it together later. I think that's like, and that's one example of respect. That's not all the ways we would respect. I would think like two huge takeaways would be the entrepreneur being respectable by their spouse and to their yeah. spouse not talking down about them in yeah. public like i think that'd be we or have a yeah, too, but yeah we have a number of people that you know the partner will just cut their other partner's legs out business or not and i'm just like it kind of makes my blood boil like it doesn't set you further ahead from doing that you guys should be a united unit so you should yeah. want to be talking good about your partner uh, and and say of course everything's not perfect saving those conversations in in private yeah. um, that's where you really move ahead as a couple but I think too knowing both sides Alex and me we both have each other's back and I think there's like a lot of confidence in that too um, you know someone says something out of line or whatever we will both go and like stand up for each other and how we take care of each other i think that's like a huge thing yes and i think last snippet on that i also think in order to respect one another i do think you need to earn respect in a way too and what i mean by that is you know in both a business and a personal life if i knew dave was going out you know when we were early dating and hanging out with other girls but oh like you know things like yeah. that or in his business like oh, you know, we overcharged this person by this much, but now we can afford this. It's like, those aren't things that make me want to respect him more, but that's where we have a conversation. I don't, you know, about those, those things haven't happened, but if, you know, if those did, yeah, that would be hard for me to respect him in that action. And you have that conversation, but I do think someone needs to be doing respectable things to or, earn and deserve respect as well. Respect is earned and yes. it's also given. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Time. Love that. Would you both ever start a business together? What a great question. You I think that would be Dave's biggest dream. I think I'm not going to say yes or no. At this point, I currently, I don't think there's one that has both of our passions like perfectly aligned in. Um, the amount of times over the years, it's been I can't wait till we can get you onto a business front, whether that's him supporting me in my own venture. And um, I don't want to do it for the wrong reasons. I want to yeah. do it if there's something that I'm super excited, passionate about, whether that's together or not. Yeah. So I'm not going to say never, but I think there's nothing brewing currently, but I think you would love that in a lot of ways. Yeah, I think it'd be amazing. I think too, like Alex is pretty uh, driven with her career. We're starting a family. So I think it's like, all in stages too yeah. and I think definitely for me how much I push it in entrepreneurship and have Alex balance me out is great like I think to create another mini monster at this point while my other companies are still growing it yeah. might be a distraction so yeah. but I, I think if we're sitting here in like 10 years and we've not yet started a business together I would be like 
extremely surprised. So I'll put it that way. Yeah, might be a little more five to 10 BHAG goal, but yeah, I do think with our skills, Alex is a perfectionist to the nth degree. Uh, I'm more of the mindset, um, you know, done is better than perfect and let's just get going. And like we have a lot of complementary skills that we could do, but I would say the success of Revive and HSBC has, has been me pushing it, yeah, but there's been a strong balance with Alex too, all the way back to like, what logo do you like this one or like they're all those you guys know all those discussions you've had that's been pretty formative back in the early days mm -hmm. that's a great answer yeah. <laughs> what, a, what a great question yeah. i'm liking these rapid fires yeah. alex why does dave only wear one shirt <laughs> do you think black reasoning behind that i think I think Dave would describe himself in a lot of ways as a minimalist. I think he doesn't like making more decisions than he has to make, yeah. and he's always going to pick comfort over style. He doesn't care what people think, and I think that's a beautiful thing about him as well. Um, and I think with that, once he found these Lululemon shirts that he loves, he wears, has, I don't know, five or ten black, five or ten white, yeah. same pair of pants, three or four pairs, and I don't try anymore to buy him or suggest other things that I think might look nice. And yeah. once in a while, he'll he'll ask, oh, I should get one other item and then I'll help. But I don't care. And at the end of the day, he's comfy and he's, you know, I think you're confident in yourself. And I think that means so much more than yeah. feeling like you have to do something to impress others. I'll, so I'll stack onto that. We were at the summit and uh, I'm wearing these black jeans and I ran into Landon. He goes, oh, we're wearing jeans this year. <laughs> This year, as in he was with Revive for a year and I wore these joggers every same day to the office. So uh, I think a few things to stack on. I'm naturally like very warm blooded, so I will never wear layers. So I like this shirt. It's very breathable. Yeah. And then exactly. Yeah, it's just like dead simple. So Love it. I like it. I feel good in it. Love it. So Alex, I got a question for you. Okay. And this is, this is going to be a juicy one. Dave, you can chime in, but I don't know exactly how to word this. So don't shoot the messenger. Do you want your son to more be like Dave or completely different mm. and why? No, so I would I would say I'd love for our son to be just like Dave. I think I would be I think both of us would be very surprised if they don't have some of those entrepreneurial blood or instinct in them. And at the same time, not just from a career standpoint, I don't think I think Dave would love also for them to be an entrepreneur, but at the end of the day, neither of us are going to pressure them to do that. I think we want to encourage them to do whatever they'd be excited to do. And I think I'd be surprised if growing up with a dad who's so passionate about what he does, who loves what he does, is excited about it. Um, you know, I'd be surprised if they don't have an interest in, in some of those ways, but I think in a lot of ways, non-businessy, I would absolutely want them to be everything, you know, similar to Dave. She actually well. really do love Dave. And I do really, yes. <laughs> she wants two of them. That's a good one. Yeah, I think black shirts. I think it comes down to like value set though yeah. too. And I think even if you like stripped out the business from me, I think yes. like not to give myself some affirmation, but I think if you took all the entrepreneur traits out of me and I work just a regular job, I think we'd still have a very happy marriage and family life. And so I Not think that there's anything wrong with working. Just yeah, honestly. Job, yeah. Like there's, so whatever our son chooses to pursue yeah. or start a business or not, I think for me, it's more of a comedic sense of like, oh, it's not, will he be an entrepreneur? It's which business will yeah. he start and when? And he's saying affirmations in the mirror and all this stuff. But I think 
like we just want to raise him to um, do what he wants to do based on how God has wired him and whatever path that may be, like we're going to be his biggest cheerleader. So yeah. I think, yeah. And I think too, like anyone who's met Dave, whether it's in a business sense or not, it's like, apart from the listening piece, it's like he is probably one of the kindest and, you know, gentlest, doesn't raise a voice, doesn't have any ounce of, you know, anger or, um, really anger even like towards other people like I think he's just a, like like almost like a gentle giant in a sense and I think that's a really unique unique trait for males to have um so I think yeah if we can have if our son can be a gentle giant that's kind and loves others and is passionate about whatever he does I think that's well we amazing. want him like his mom too so oh. you know it'll be the best of both worlds <laughs> we'll really, see we'll see what happens that's yeah <laughs> I think as a parent uh, me having kids just kidding it's the goal for them to be much better than you are. Yeah. yeah. I think that if you accomplish that, that's it. But um, that's everything. Like, Alex, thank you so much um, for taking the time out of your busy schedule because I know oh, it yeah. is. Trust me, I know it is. And, Dave, as always, always good to see you. So, everybody, uh, if you enjoyed it, uh, subscribe to the podcast. If you're seeing this on YouTube, hit that uh, subscribe button, comment down below, uh, and check us out on uh, on our with our website, homeservicebusinesscoach.com as well. And share it with a partner too, who you guys yeah. think can help. There's there's millions of entrepreneurial spouses all across the country, Absolutely. the continent. I think if this can shed some light and help some people, because um, it's tough growing a business, it's tough growing a marriage, and when you put them all together, we're gonna step into parenthood. We're gonna find out a whole new track that we're on so yep. um, but yeah I think life is a beautiful thing and go a day at a time and thanks so much for watching if you did watch all the way to the end absolutely absolutely take care everybody God bless thank you for listening to the episode today if you want to get even more value from David then book your free coaching call at homeservicebusinesscoach.com <laughs>